you're invited to the block party. Here's your hosts, Ben Curtis and Kevin F. McNulty. Hello, everyone, and welcome inside another episode of Block Party, the official Maryland women's volleyball podcast for WMUC Sports. He's Kevin McNulty. I'm Ben Curtis. Happy New Year, everyone. And we got a phenomenal New Year's present. Kevin, the volleyball schedule for the spring season is out in 2021, and we're going to be talking all about it this episode. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. By the time you're listening to it, to this episode, it is 2021, and we're only about three weeks out from Maryland volleyball, which is very exciting. And we got this Big Ten schedule, and it looks a lot like what we expected. Yeah, it definitely did. We'll say before, before we start talking about it, if you haven't listened to our Big Ten preview episode, which is episode number three, go ahead and take a listen to that now and you'll get a little bit of a preview of all the teams, the opponents that we'll be talking about throughout the rest of this podcast. If you're still here, though, we'll get right into what the schedule looks like. It is what we thought it would be with 22 games and we'll play opponent twice in a row back to back. Uh, to limit travel as we predicted, and matches will be Friday, Saturday, back-to-back as we predicted as well, and we talked with Adam Hughes about what that might look like in previous episodes. The one exception to that will be Maryland's closest geographical opponent, Rutgers, uh, which will be a Tuesday match and a Saturday match. So first off, we'll just read right through the schedule, get you the dates that you need to know, and then we'll go a little bit more in-depth to what this Maryland volleyball landscape might look like. So the big first date that you need to know is January 22nd. That is Maryland's first game. It will be in Columbus, Ohio uh, for two against the Buckeyes there. Then their first home game will be January 29th against Minnesota. Katie Myers will be back in College Park. Then they'll hit the road for two against Nebraska February 5th and 6th. They'll come back home for February 12th and 13th against Michigan State. They'll hit the road to Ann Arbor for February 19th and 20th at Michigan. And then February 26th and 27th, they will be back in College Park to take on the Nittany Lions. A tough first half to the schedule, but Kevin, the second half looks a lot more manageable. Yeah, we talked about this, the first half. A little daunting uh, going back-to-back weekends against Minnesota and Nebraska. But it picks up there in the second half. A team that Maryland beat two matches to zero last year on March 5th and 6th at Indiana. They won their match 3-2 to two at Indiana last season. And then next weekend, they're back home in College Park, March 12th and 13th against Iowa, a match they dropped last year, but Iowa consistently finishing in the bottom half of the conference. Uh, March 19th and 20th, they're at Illinois. That will certainly be a tough match. Illinois looks a little different this season. And then, as you mentioned, Ben, though, one exception to the Friday, Saturday at one location is against Rutgers. So they're going to play Tuesday, March the 23rd at home against Rutgers and then travel to Piscataway on that Saturday, March 27th. And to wrap up the season, maybe Maryland will have some NCAA tournament hopes at this point and they'll have a lot to play for when they're at home against Northwestern on April 2nd and 3rd. So a lot to digest there, 22 matches, as we said, and uh, 11 at home, 11 on the road, and it's going to be a grueling Big Ten slate over the course of those two and a half months, but it's certainly exciting to have a schedule. Yeah, absolutely. It's very exciting to have a schedule, and if you're listening to this and you're thinking back to the Big Ten preview that we did, and you're thinking, hey, where's Wisconsin? They're not on Maryland's schedule this year a bit of a break perhaps for the Terps every Big Ten team avoiding two opponents and for Maryland 
it's Wisconsin and Purdue, two very good ball clubs, and the Terps will not see Dana Recchi and the Badgers during the regular season. That might come into play. They do still have to face three of the other big four, as it were, in the Big Ten with Minnesota, Nebraska, and Penn State, but two of those at home in Minnesota and Penn State, and no Boilermakers, no Badgers this year, Kevin. Yeah, I'm thinking Adam Hughes gave a little fist pump when he saw that last week when the coaches received the schedule for the first time. No Wisconsin, the you know Final Four team. At there's no other way to put it, but you got lucky, and uh, maybe Maryland can take advantage of that. And then Purdue is a really awesome program. Uh, Maryland lost their one match last season so it's really big we talked about the second half of the schedule being a lot better most of those teams won't be ranked the indiana iowa maybe illinois we'll see where their uh team stands and two matches against rutgers and northwestern two teams that didn't go to the tournament a year ago so they'll have some opportunities there in the second half of the season and wisconsin won't be there to stop them yeah, so let's kind of dive in a bit more deep into what this schedule looks like and how it will play out over the course of the season, starting off against Ohio State in Columbus. Ohio State, a team we talked a lot about in that preview episode. Maryland did not have a lot of success against them at all last year. The Buckeyes won both matches. The Terps only took one set. But this is a team that only finished 8-12 and last year. Kylie Murr is going to be a problem all year long for a lot of Big Ten opponents but a winnable opportunity for Maryland on the road to start off 2021. Yeah, opening on the road, obviously a challenge when you haven't played in more than 12 months. I mean, you're going back to, I believe, November the 30th was the last uh, Big Ten match that Maryland played against Iowa, and now we're going to find ourselves there on January 22nd, and who knows how how they're going to come out. Um, It's certainly tough being on the road, too, Um, but as you said, uh, Ohio State team that finished 8-12 last year. Um, Maryland should definitely have an opportunity to steal one from the Buckeyes in Columbus. And certainly if you're talking about potential NCAA tournament uh, implications, any road win is going to be absolutely critical uh, when you look at what the committee is looking at. Then things get really difficult for Maryland. And we said, this has been a big talking point, throughout our podcast series, Kevin, throughout this offseason, is that there was going to be no out-of-conference buildup. Well, now there's not even going to be any lower echelon of the conference buildup. We are going to learn a lot about this Maryland Terrapin team really, really early on, because after Ohio State, it's Minnesota and Nebraska back-to-back, four matches against two of the best teams in the conference, two of the best teams in the country. And obviously, when you look at the Minnesota matchup, the first thing that came to my mind, I think the first thing that came to your mind, and the first thing that's going to come to a lot of Terp fans' minds, we're going to see KD Myers in different colors. Yeah, it's going to be really weird the first time the Terps are back in the pavilion. Katie Myers is going to be there, but on the other side of the net. So it's going to be really interesting. I mean, Adam Hughes doesn't even get a, a couple of matches under his belt without Myers in the building, but uh, she's going to be there, and she's, she's going to be a, a key factor in those two matches, I'm sure. And if we go back again to 2019, she didn't play in the one match against Minnesota. So it's going to be a little different dynamic. Uh, That match was at home. So another thing with the schedule, with the back-to-back, there's not going to be any, you know, away home uh, with some teams. So for example, Minnesota is going to be coming to College Park for three straight matches over two seasons, which wouldn't happen before. Um, uh, so 
Maryland gets to take advantage of that, and then, you know, they get stuck going to Nebraska for the third straight match they're playing in Lincoln. So that's pretty tough as well. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, we mentioned they'll have to worry about Katie Myers. They'll also have to worry about Adonna Rollins and Stephanie Samity and CeCe McGraw and the incredibly talented team that Hugh McCutcheon has once again. And then you mentioned they have to hit the road to Nebraska, the Terps do. Back-to-back Minnesota and Nebraska, they get a bit of a perhaps more winnable matchup uh, with two games against Michigan State. The Terps and Spartans split that season series uh, last year after the Spartans went 6-14. and 14. And when you look at the first half of the schedule, yes, things get easier in the second half, but you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're really behind the eight ball when the record is really slanted one way or the other. And we'll talk about what is coming after the Spartans matchup in a bit, but this feels like a series where at the very minimum one win is going to be necessary. That's right. I mean, you just know the Terps are going to come out of those two weekends, you know, at home against Michigan State, the expectation is that they go 2-0. and And you, know, you don't know how they're going to start against Ohio State. Obviously, as I mentioned, it would be great uh, to be 1-1 one one coming out of that. And when you're coming home to Minnesota, then you're going to Nebraska, and that's four straight matches where, you know, you might not get a win. You might not get a victory. So you said at Michigan State is going to be ever important having that one at home, a team that won 6-14 and 14 last year, team you split with last year. If Maryland really wants to turn things around, that's a weekend where it's going to be really important uh, in this season. It's going to be interesting that Michigan State matchup for no other reason than in this uh, season, which will have already navigated a decent chunk of by that point between the two teams, 11 seniors on the roster. Uh, so those are going to be two teams that are well equipped to handle whatever the, the season might be. And however, we might be looking like whatever the landscape might be looking like at that point in time. But uh, I think you're right. I think that's going to have to be a situation where Maryland picks up a couple of wins if they are going to be in a position uh, to seriously be in the, the postseason conversation come the end of the year. Because after Michigan State, they have to head uh, to Ann Arbor to play the fighting Paige Joneses and Michigan, which is a, a phenomenal team. Paige Jones is going to be one of the best players in the Big Ten this year. And any win on the road is going to be tough, as always in the Big Ten, but especially against a really quality Michigan team that is on the up and up this year. Yeah, that's a very, very tough task. You mentioned going on the road, one of the best players in the Big Ten. I know if you look at the schedule overall, you know, it plays kind of like an NFL schedule with, you know, every once a week uh, you're going out there and competing. This is probably where Maryland would love to have a bye week coming, coming off of maybe a victory. Uh, against Michigan State, but no, they have to travel to Michigan, and that's going to be a tough one. But, you know, it's going to be a point in the season as well where it's really important to rack up, you know, at least a couple of victories in that stretch where they're going up against these tough teams if they want to have success and a chance at the postseason. And then you mentioned Adam Hughes was probably pumping his fist when he saw that he didn't have to play Wisconsin. He's probably very excited at the chance to once again play Penn State and to once again play them in College Park, uh, which is the next matchup on February 26th and 27th. We think back to Maryland pushing the Nittany Lions all the way to five sets a year ago, uh, coming perhaps as close as they've come to a win against a really top four team in the Big Ten in the Adam Hughes era. 
It was one that Adam Hughes might have wanted back. He's going to get two more chances against the Nittany Lions back-to-back here in 2021. Yeah, Hughes is going to be scheming uh, for the Nittany Lions, and he knows the program well. You know, of course, he coached under Russ Rose for a long time before he came down to College Park. So we saw last year, Maryland always has a chance against Penn State. Um, especially in a back-to-back weekend. Maybe they catch him on an off night. And finally, Hughes was able to steal one against his old coach. But we'll see. And, of course, they're going to be in the pavilion. The home match against the Nittany Lions is often played on the main floor because it's a pretty big event. Maryland, Penn State, they like to have more seats. They don't need any of those seats this year. So they're going to be in the PAV. And two nights in a row, Hughes is going to have a chance to do what you know he always wants to do and that's beat his former school. And most certainly. And then we get to the back half of the schedule uh, that, that, Kevin, you started to read. And those two games against Indiana are really going to be reminiscent of last year. It seemed like whenever Maryland needed a win, they got the Hoosiers on the schedule, and they at least turned in a really solid performance. Yeah, they were very fortunate uh, at a couple points in 2019 that they had that opportunity. But – it's not uh, a weekend that you can just skip over and, and chalk up two W's. Indiana has a really strong program. Uh, Steve Aird has been building that program up ever since he left Maryland a couple of years ago. So Indiana's going to put up a, a really good fight, and they're a really good team, uh, even though they're not traditionally in the, in the top five in the Big Ten. That's pretty hard not to crack, but Indiana's a very good program, so – Maryland better watch out this weekend, you know. Maybe they're going in there with the expectation that they're 2-0, and but it very well could turn out differently for them. Yeah, Brianna Edwards is going to have another year under her belt once again, and the Hoosiers, you know, will have in mind what Maryland did to them uh, last year uh, when Maryland won both matches in five sets, and Indiana only 3-17 and last year, uh, but, but they're certainly going to want to get revenge on their home floor in Bloomington in 2021. Then they come back to College Park, the Terps do, for two against Iowa. And when you look at this four-game matchup, Indiana and Iowa, it seems to me that that has to be three wins for Maryland, at the very least, if they're going to, like we say, be in the conversation when the season is over for a postseason berth. Yeah, I think there's a, a clear turn in the schedule after, you know, Maryland has Penn State at home, and that's, you know, going to Indiana, having Iowa at home. Those are really, really big opportunities for the Terps, and I think that's when we're going to find out a lot about this team and how, you know, maybe they competed uh, with some of those teams, Nebraska, Minnesota, but when they get home against a team like Iowa, the expectation should be, okay, we're going to finish this weekend 2 now and move on to Illinois. If that doesn't happen, maybe we know this is the year they're, they're going to the tournament. Yeah, and Iowa beat Maryland on the last game of the season in Iowa a year ago. You might remember, you might be thinking, well, why does Ben and Kevin sit here blabbing that, that Maryland should be going to? No, and that's a fair question anyway. Uh, but I think that part of that was because Maryland was out of gas, to be quite frank, at the end of the season. It was the last game of the regular season. They were coming off of a very difficult portion of the schedule. And I think that Maryland now this year – Obviously, we'll be fully rested with the way that the schedule works out. No midweek games, save for the one against Rutgers that we'll talk about in a bit. At home, with all the senior leadership that they have, that is going to be a big opportunity for Maryland. 
Illinois was a team that I talked about in the Big Ten preview episode as if Maryland was going to have a really strong showing against one of the teams that made the tournament last year. I thought it had the chance to be the Illini. They were coming off of that obviously fantastic season in 2018. They took up a bit of a step back in 2019. They lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament, only went 11-9 and in conference play, and went 0-6 against the Big Four in the Big Ten on the road for two. But what really interests me about this matchup in Champaign is that the two previous matchups for Illinois are going to be versus Nebraska and at Minnesota. Those are going to be two very difficult series, four very difficult games for the Illini coming into this matchup with Maryland. And you can look at it two ways. You can look at it one way thinking, hey, Illinois is going to be desperate. Uh, You might think that they might lose at least three of those matches against those two very strong teams. Are they going to be coming in knowing that they need a really strong performance against Maryland? Or on the other hand, are they going to be wiped? Are they going to be tired? Are they going to be, uh, you know, perhaps on a bit of a losing streak, have their heads down? And how Illinois responds from those two series might dictate what happens in this series between Maryland and Illinois. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, Maryland going on the road again. You know, we talked about that Iowa series. It's going to be tough. I mean, the middle of March, you know, you've been doing this for, you know, over a month and a half now where you kind of got to gear up during the week and, you know, get ready to go on the road on Friday. I'm sure that's what's going to be happening a lot. Uh, during the season where they're playing Friday, Saturday. And you can't forget about, you know, school and and the semester, how how that's going for players. We'll talk later about this fall semester and how that may have been different for uh, student athletes. And now in the spring, they kind of have to change their routine, even though, you know, having classes online may make it easier for travel. That's still, you know, a factor when you're going on the road every single Friday. Um, so it, it's going to weigh on them by the time they get to the point in the season. So Illinois is, of course, an opportunity, but, you know, maybe it's, it's not a sure shot that, that they're going to be able to pull a match out of that weekend. Can't be a, an intriguing one right in the middle of March, March 19th and 20th. Then we get another kind of strange, unusual matchup. Maryland with their closest geographical rival, Rutgers, is going to play a midweek game for the only time all season long on the 23rd of March uh, at home in College Park, then hit the road to Piscataway for one match on the 27th against Rutgers. Not a back-to-back, the 23rd and the 27th for the only time this season. How might that change what Adam Hughes does knowing he has more than 24 hours to turn around from one performance to another? Yeah, it's an interesting little wrinkle we have in the schedule. And, you know, when you talk to Adam Hughes, he's all about, you know, jumps and, and, and numbers on, on these players and, and who can go for you know, the most rotations uh, during a match. So when it's Friday, Saturday, you know, on Saturday, Hughes is going to look at, oh, well, you know, this player was really worn out. And, and the trainer said, well, maybe limited or touches uh, – tonight and tonight's match when you have Tuesday Saturday that's good you know four days to prepare they got their legs under them for that Saturday match and then also he's going to be looking at numbers uh, from the match of course he's going to be doing that from Friday to Saturday but from Tuesday Saturday that's a lot more time they're going to get a few more practices in there and I mean luckily for them it's against arguably the worst team in the Big Ten at least from a year ago in Rutgers so this is one where, you know, they get the match at home. A little 
short time to prepare from the Saturday at Illinois coming home and having Rutgers on Tuesday, but at least it's at home. And then on Saturday going to Rutgers, you know, I think they'll feel a lot more prepared than if they were just traveling there from Friday to Saturday and didn't know a lot about the team. And then they end the regular season on April 2nd and April 3rd will be the final match, both of those against Northwestern. And you might be sensing a really strong shift in our tone when we talk about the opponents in the first half of the schedule and the back half of the schedule. Maryland's going to play 11 different series against 11 different opponents. Of those last five opponents, Indiana, Iowa, Illinois, Rutgers, and Northwestern, four of them, all but Illinois, were the bottom four in the Big Ten last year. That is going to be a really, really big opportunity for Maryland in the back half of the schedule against a front half of the schedule that features some of the best teams in the Big Ten, some of the best teams in the country, teams like Minnesota, teams like Nebraska, teams like Penn State that we talked about. For a team as senior-laden as this team is, we talked about some of the biggest players on this team, Erica Pritchard, Nicole Alford, Samantha Bergio going to step into a huge role, five seniors on this team, and Raynell Jones as well, who's got a lot of leadership qualities on this team. How important is it going to be to navigate the first half of the schedule that might get rocky at times. Maryland might come out of that Nebraska series not looking like the best team in the country, but still knowing of all the opportunities in the back half of the schedule. Yeah, I think it's all about composure. You mentioned they, they have five seniors that will get a lot of time on the floor. And then Raynell Jones has been starting for, you know, this will be her third year now in her junior season. So they know how to navigate a Big Ten schedule, maybe not one of this much vigor and up front, you know, because they're used to having a non-conference season. Um, the other thing I think we should mention is during non-conference play, it's not uncommon for uh, the Terps to play three games in 24 hours. So usually they're they're playing like a, a tri-meet tri um something of that sort. So they'd be playing Friday night and two matches on Saturday. So having that experience for a lot of these seniors will certainly help them. And they're going to need to adjust to these Friday, Saturday, back-to-back -back every single week. But I think it's definitely manageable. And by the time they get in, into late March, these last three weeks, Rutgers and Northwestern, um, maybe they, they have a little rhythm going. And we know momentum is going to be key. So Building that with Indiana, Iowa, going to Illinois is going to be challenging, but I mean, maybe one of their biggest challenges in the second half of the schedule. And then, you know, good teams will will pour it on Rutgers and Northwestern if they really want to have a chance. And momentum is going to be really important to do that. And you talk about that composure and that experience from the players who have been through that grueling non-conference schedule in college volleyball has one of the toughest non-conference schedules in all of college sports. And then you kind of have to think about the other side of that, players like Sidney Dowler, who we've had on this podcast before. Welcome to college volleyball at Columbus, home for Minnesota, at Nebraska. Get right into it. That is going to be a really, really rude awakening to college volleyball for freshmen at Maryland and freshmen all around the Big Ten, to be frank. Yeah, it's obviously, we've talked about it so much, so much different uh, than a regular season schedule. So they're going to get thrown into the fire. And I think Adam Hughes is okay with that. Uh, when we talked to him last, uh, about a month ago, he, he said he is really proud of where his freshmen are at um, in terms of, you know, being prepared. 
to play in the Big Ten, the best conference in the country. And, you know, obviously they, under normal circumstances, would be done with their freshman season by now. But they had that whole time where they would be playing games to prepare for a season. And it's obviously looked different. They haven't seen any other team. They haven't scrimmaged. Um, but he thinks that those freshmen are prepared. And if they're not prepared, I feel like after uh, playing a weekend in Lincoln, Nebraska, and getting some good time on the floor, they might be ready for what's coming their way after that. Yeah, two matches against the Huskers will prepare you real quick. I'll just say that. Uh, If you're a fan of Big Ten volleyball in general, I think, and this is at least my opinion after looking at the full composite schedule, Kevin, circle with a big Sharpie, whatever color you have, the brightest one you have, the weekend of February 26th and 27th, and set up two screens, get the computer, get the iPad, get the tablet, whatever it is you need to do, and put on one screen, Maryland versus Penn State, both nights, because that is going to be a fantastic series with all the history that Maryland and Penn State have as schools, the programs going back to last year, that's going to be a really compelling series. The coaches and the dynamic there with uh, Adam Hughes and his history with the Neaton Lions, put that on one screen and put on the other screen, Nebraska-Wisconsin in Madison. That is, in my opinion, going to be the premier matchup of the Big Ten this year. What a weekend for college volleyball that's going to be. Yeah, I agree with you. It's about halfway through the season. It's it's going to be cold in Madison, Wisconsin, but they're going to be indoors. Uh, some incredible matches those will be, and it, it'll be great that weekend. It might set in, you know, having Big Ten volleyball back. Um, it's going to be really exciting to watch those teams go at it, and those are two teams you expect to go deep into the NCAA tournament. So maybe a little preview of what's to come from those two squads. And just a reminder, when we talk about the NCAA tournament, you have to shift your thinking a little bit this year because it will be a reduced NCAA tournament down to 48 teams. So fewer at-large bids will be awarded this year. That's important to recognize when we talk about the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and when Maryland was fighting for a spot in the tournament uh, two years ago, they were uh, named one of the first four out. Of course, that was 64-team field, so we mentioned that a lot, and we might bring it up uh, throughout the season depending on how Maryland performs, but the tournament's a little different. 48 teams, uh, 16 less than normal uh, is pretty significant for a team that's just fighting and clawing for a chance at the tournament. And whether we look at this year or the future, we've talked about in previous episodes the culture that Adam Hughes is bringing now solidly uh, solidifying himself as the head coach of this team. Solidly solidifying? Can we say that on the air? Are we allowed to say that? Why not? Yeah, an adverb yeah. and, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, all, all right. We're, we're going to roll with it. We're going to roll with it. can't even solidly, register in my mind that you Solidly said that. solidifying. We're starting 2021 off with that. Solidly solidifying himself as the head coach of Maryland a couple years in now. He's continuing to build that culture, and that was almost reinforced with the news a little, little bit of a time ago. Uh, with seven players, Kevin, being named to the all-Big Ten academic team off the volleyball team. Yeah, it's about half uh, of the squad, and uh, that's pretty impressive. You know, teams like to flaunt that they have players on that list, and as I mentioned, this fall semester was totally different um, than what student-athletes are used to, and obviously students like us, too, we know how, you know, difficult at times it was, so that's a really impressive feat. Uh, for Nicole Alford, Lexi Finnerty, Jada Gardner, Maddie Noman. 
Chloe Prejean, Erica Pritchard, and Rebecca Rath. Those are most of them uh, players that have been on that list before, but to do it again and again, that's a nod to the culture that Adam Hughes has built at Maryland. And it's going to be a challenging semester for the volleyball players, for everyone involved with the volleyball staff, but we are really looking forward to the ability to say that we're going to be playing college volleyball again in just a couple of weeks as we are into 2021 by the time you're listening to this. And we have volleyball in just uh, about three weeks from opening day at Ohio State and all around the Big Ten. Now it is time for this week's uh, Block Party trivia question. And it's a fairly relevant one because, Kevin, last year Maryland started off last season's conference play against Ohio State as well. They lost three sets to one. But the question is, you can think back in your mind, who was Maryland's kill leader that day? Uh, a slight hint is that we have mentioned this player on the podcast. We've mentioned a whole bunch of players on the podcast, though. Uh, so I don't know how much of a hint that is. But as always, the rule, no using Google, no using Bing, no using umterps.com, no looking this answer up in any way, shape, or form. We might not know that you looked it up, but you will know, and it will haunt you. Kevin, a phenomenal podcast today. We were looking forward to this for so long to get the schedule, to be able to talk about the schedule. And it feels real. It feels like we have college volleyball in a few weeks because we do. Yeah, it's going to happen in just a few weeks. And it's going to be very exciting. Volleyball and all of those other fall sports <laughs> and some spring sports, throw them, throw them in there. We're going to have so much Big Ten going on. And this volleyball schedule really makes it feel real. As you said, one of the first fall schedules to come out for the spring and, you know, January 22nd to April 3rd, we're going to be locked in. We're going to have, we're going to be here with you every step of the way. Going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Kevin, best of luck to your Bears this weekend. Best of luck to my Dolphins this weekend as well. And that will be all for Great. us on Block Party. Once again, he's Kevin. I'm Ben. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bear down. Bear down.